Mercy and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our text for this day is Isaiah 45. Here again the part that reads, There is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. From light, I form light and I create darkness. I make well-being and I create calamity. I, the Lord, who does all these things. You may be seated. Well, next Sunday, we'll be singing A Mighty Fortress, which comes from Psalm 46. And a part of that psalm, it reads, Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. Well, on October 7th, Hamas sent almost 3,000 missiles to target the major cities in Israel. Of course, Israel retaliates, and the war goes on. On February 24th, 2022, the 2014 Ukrainian war escalated with Russia's invasion. And as we look at the rubble, can we say, as it says in Psalm 46, come see the works of the Lord, the desolations he's worked on the earth? Well, as we consider these wars and the troubles in our own country, the conflicts in our own families, and the ones that we have within we can easily ask, Lord, whose side are you on? In the context of Isaiah, Babylon, Babylon was a great city that had hundreds and hundreds of gates. God's people would be, a hundred years later, exiled to this city, exiled by Nebuchadnezzar, According to the commentary read Lessing, Babylon was a flourishing pagan city with ziggurats and canals and the detestable, that detestable statue of Marduk. Its gates, especially the one, the world-renowned Ishtar Gate, now housed in Berlin, were reminders that God's people were captive, prevented from going home. They were stuck. Then in 539 B.C., Cyrus marches up against the city and lays its siege. It was the seed, the city that held God's people. And I bet you they were wondering, why was God doing this? Would he allow them all just to die in insignificant in this pagan land? Would God go ahead and bring them here only to be ex extinguished by other pagans when they're living among these brutal pagans. Who would remember that they were different, that they were called to be God's chosen, and that they didn't belong there? And then a miracle happens. Rather than the Babylonians going ahead and defending their city, they open the gates and Cyrus just walks right in. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, those are whose right hand I have grasped, to subdue nations before him and to loose the, kings, the belts of kings, to open doors before him that gates may not be closed. Those from Isaiah. The Lord had foretold this before it ever happened. 
Think about this, that God had predicted through Isaiah a hundred years before and even gives the name of the king, King Cyrus. Why would God do this? Why would he call Cyrus his anointed? And if you look at the Hebrew word, it is Messiah. That's what anointed means. Isaiah records that you may know that the Lord is God and there is no other. As you look at the text in the back of your bulletin, notice the action words of the Lord. Cyrus, whose right hand I have grasped to open doors before him, I will go before him. I will break in pieces the doors of bronze. I will give you the treasures of darkness. I call you by name. I name you though you do not know me. I equip you though you do not know me. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. The Lord is the one who does these things. But again, on whose side is the Lord? The Lord is doing this all through Cyrus. Can you believe it? He's a pagan. He doesn't know God. And yet the Lord would call him the anointed again so that, my pe so that the people would know from the rising sun to the west that there is no God besides me. You see, God's intention has global significance. He is doing this so that Cyrus and everyone throughout the world and throughout time would know that the Lord is the Creator who is still in control, even in hard times, even when God's people feel like the end is coming. Paul reiterates this in Philippians chapter 2. Therefore God highly exalted Jesus and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. This is a big deal. But when we look at ourselves and ask, what about me? Am I so insignificant? Am I the only one of the countless victims left as an, un, an unknown statistic? Even though Cyrus was anointed for the task, the Lord has a strong message to Cyrus and to God's people as well. It's not about him. It's all about the Lord. And, as it says in verse 4, for the sake of my servant Jacob, Israel my chosen. Now there are those who would jump to conclusion and say that this applies to Israel 1948 and the conflict that's happening there right now. But that's far from the truth. Even though Paul proclaims that all Israel will be saved in Isaiah 11, verse 6, he's already pointed out back in chapter 9, verse 6, that not all Israel is Israel. Or I should say that not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. 
Now, how can that be? From what we understand, that Israel was the Old Testament church. It is the ones that God has called as his own. And who is God called as his own right now? It is the church, the new Israel. The church, as you remember, started out as Israel. It was Jewish. Jesus was Jewish. The 12 disciples were Jewish. And there, Paul himself was Jewish. But that's not all. Look at, at Romans chapter 10 and 11. That the Gentiles, people who are non-Jewish, are grafted into this Jewish Messiah, Israel reduced to one, Jesus Christ. For, so that John would write, He is the vine and we are the got it we are grafted into the vine jesus christ and without him we can do nothing the church is the body of christ and this israel of today is multi-ethnic and it is global but the root is christ isaiah records that the lord had chosen not to economize words you ever notice that about the Psalms, how it repeats itself? It says one thing and then it says it all over again in a little bit different way. So also here, the Lord uses both names, Israel and Jacob. Now Israel can be used for a single person because Jacob was the one who got the name changed to Israel. Israel means the one who struggles with God. Israel can stand for himself or for the whole. That Israel, then, as you look here, are connected, or the word Israel is connected with the words, my chosen. Since we are the New Testament Israel, remember that when you feel isolated from God, remember how the Lord chose you there in the waters of baptism. For those, nothing is like it was as you who were infants, baptized as infants. What could you do but have your parents bring you? And there God chose you. In the church you see the pastor putting on water. And there proclaimed a child of God, not by the pastor, but by God himself. Jacob. This is no reflection of those, or maybe it could be, on those who named their children Jacob. But the word Jacob actually means trickster. Think about that. How he went ahead and tricked not once, but twice, tricked his brother Esau both out of his birthright and his blessing. And yet, what does the Lord say of Jacob? He still calls him, as bad as he was, 
his servant. As baptized children of God, part of the new Israel, remember, when you realized how wrong that you've done, or the wrong that you've done, the Lord has not revoked his call to you. And through the forgiveness of sins, gives you purpose once again. And if you are shamed, the Lord cleanses you once again. So whose side is the Lord on? He's on your side, the baptized child of God. Think about this. You are the work of the gospel. Again, in baptism, you are proclaimed God's child through his word and the water. The pastor today has spoken to you, and you are proclaimed forgiven. But the Lord does this all by the power of his word. He proclaims he is now and on that person's side and now on your side. For this morning, I'd have you turn to the Lord's Prayer in the Catechism section of your hymnal and look at page 324 and remember what the Lord has done and is doing as you look at the third petition. Let's speak the third petition together. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does this mean? The good and gracious will of God is done even without our prayer. But we pray in this petition that it may be done among us also. Think about that. God's will is going to be done no matter what. But will it be done among you? How, does God, how is God's will done? Together, God's will is done when he breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil the world, and our sinful nature, which do not want us to hallow God's name or let his kingdom come. And when he strengthens and keeps us firm in his word and faith until we die, this is his good and gracious will. God is working. God is doing. And the evidence is your faith. The evidence is our belief. Our evidence is us working to live godly lives. And the evidence is the witness that causes people to praise the Lord. You heard what, the Paul, what Paul said about the Thessalonians? You became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere. The Lord wants us to know that He is God, but not just the Almighty God, but our saving God. For there is one greater than the, anointing, the anointed Cyrus, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. While, <clears throat> unlike Cyrus, who did not know God, Jesus knows God. 
Cyrus was foretold. But all of the scriptures foretell Jesus. So that John writes at the end of his gospel, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in the book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing in his name, that by believing you may have life in his name. You wonder if God is for you? As you see the upheavals of this world in, our lives, in the lives of others and in our own, have no fear. The Lord is working by his mighty word. He is God, your God, and he has sent his Savior, Jesus, to be your Savior. For the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. And in Christ, that includes you. For God is for you in Christ. Amen. Now the peace of God that passes understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.